Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman, the Hartman Group of Companies. You can also listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and True Social. And of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates. On Wednesday, President Biden sent a letter to oil companies demanding they cut prices. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I'm sure that's going to be received real well. Um, (laughs) He went on to blast them for, quote, historically high price profit margins. However, those same, uh, (laughs) oh boy, those same oil companies were then invited to the White House this next week for a meet and greet and a powwow with the president to try and figure out how to cut oil prices. Yeah, it's going to go over real well. Joining now is us now is Wink Hartman, CEO of Hartman Oil and president of the Hartman Group of Companies. Wink, thank you for joining us this evening. It's uh, it's nice to have you back on the show again, my friend. Hey, it's, John, it's great to be here. The The topic is uh, exciting, to say the least, <laughs> yeah. and it's really good to be back in the studio. Yes, uh, happy Father's Day, by the way. I I, I know your kids. It's nice oh, it's to... Oh, Sunday, Father's that's Day. That's right, happy Father's Day. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I kind of laugh at that, but, you know, Biden's insistence on on, on blaming oil companies and, and, well, let's see, and Putin and Republicans and uh, it seems like everybody, a little green men on Mars, I mean, he's blaming everybody, uh, but he, he's now he's blaming oil companies for not producing enough is, is just absurd when during the campaign, let us not forget, he promised to end fossil fuels and jail oil company leaders if they didn't reduce production fast enough. So, I mean, it's just, this, this letter is just stupid. 
Well, the first thing, John, you know, he should have CC'd himself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he created the entire mess single-handedly by himself, so he should CC himself. But you already said it, and this is the most outstanding thing in American politics in quite some time. He sat in front of a national audience on television and said he would destroy the fossil fuel oil business when he was elected. Right. He told everybody in America what he was going to do. And okay. now he's doing it. And I'll be darned. Yes. <laughs> I mean, shock of all worlds. <laughs> he's doing exactly what he said. So the very first day in office, don't forget, he canceled 600,000 barrels a day coming out of Canada that could have gone to the refineries. But we shut that down the first day. So that's off the market. Now, the refineries, they're not getting rich. They're running at 90% capacity, which is, for all purposes, 100%. Because don't forget, EPA, remember those people, maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. So, you know, refinery, they're continually under maintenance to keep it up to ship shape. But you're going to love this one. One of the biggest refineries in the United States, depending on who you talk to, they run about 600,000 barrels of oil a day. It was built in, it was commissioned in 1920. Gee, many Christmas. Oh, yeah. People don't, people don't understand outside the industry like I do. 1920. Now, permitted since 1970, none. The last refinery completed in this country was 1976. So how do you, I mean, when, when Biden says, you know, he, oil and gas companies need to ramp up production, I mean, the, the administration is increasing regulations like the Endangered Species Act, Clean Water Act. How can they ramp up production at the same time he's increasing the regulations on them? It just, it's, it's counterintuitive. Well, it is, and it's such an oxymoron. You're exactly correct. The refineries, now we got to rem- the refineries are running at 100%. Effectively. Yeah, that 90% that 90% is 100% because they have to take offline certain scrubbers, frackers. They, there's things they have to do to stay compliant with the EPA and to keep those old, old, old refineries running. So 60% of a gallon of gas, roughly, is oil. Who created the price of oil? Joe Biden. Joe Biden. So when you're when he's calling on these CEOs, they're going to meet next week, and he's going to yeah. have them over to the White House. <laughs> right. I mean, that's not going to be a warm, friendly meeting for him. I can't imagine. Uh, Did you get your invite, by the way? Well, I think uh, probably went to my spam folder. I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> my computer's just not acting right all of a sudden. But it, it, you know, it's, they get called to the White House. They've got to go. I get that. But all they have to do is look down that table, and they all know it. Fifty percent of the American people voted for Biden, give or take. Right. Yeah. Okay, so my attitude is when you go to your local filling station, it costs you $100 to fill up your car, I could care less. And I mean that. I could care less. Don't sit there and whine and cry and pull your pants up and, you know, stomp your feet at the filling station because 50% of you fools are the one that created the problem. Yeah, you voted for him. Yeah, you voted for him, and now you're, now you're on television with a, your little talky heads saying, you know, gasoline's too high. I can't afford to go to work. Well, first you have to get a job. And then you can worry about going to work. Oh, that's true. That's I mean, true. you know, but so let's let's take the other 50 percent, the intelligent people of this great country like yourself and myself. We voted for somebody else. And if that person would have been elected, you would have three dollar and 30 cent gas. Instead, yeah. your national average is five. Oh, and John, let me brag just a minute. Can I do that? Yeah, just no, please. Give me give me a shot here. Here we go. I was on your show. You were nice enough. I believe it was March to ask me on your show. At that time, if you'll remember, 
we were talking about gasoline prices and all the things we're right. discussing. Yep. Well, I threw the dart in the wall, and I said, I'll tell you what. Before summer, you're going to see $5 oil, I mean gas, nationally. I said that on your show. Yeah, you did, and here we are. And I also said it will surpass $7 easily where it stops nobody knows in California. So, you know, uh, I'm smiling, uh, but, hey, it was so obvious it was going to happen. And you were right. I mean, and if you look at it, if you look at the numbers today, it's really dismal. Um, I'm, I'm just, and I'm pulling it up right now, the national average price when the day Biden took a, took office, the national price right. per gallon was $2.39. A year ago, it was $3.07. And today, the national price is $5.07. Now, Joe Biden will blame, he well, everybody. I mean, he, <laughs> everybody, he, he, yeah. he blames Putin. In fact, in his letter, Biden said that Vladimir Putin was principally responsible for the increase in oil prices. But the day Joe Biden took office, the national price was two thirty-seven. dollars now or two thirty nine. Now it's five bucks. This is not Putin's fault, is it? I mean, you tell me, Wink. I mean, you, you're in the industry. Is no, this, is this Putin's fault? No, no. Putin has this. This this uh, baby got out of the barn long before Putin <laughs> got involved. But here's something else. Here's a little fun fact, which once again, I'm sure none of your listeners know. The second largest refinery in the United States. Some say it's the first. Some say it's like does about six hundred thousand barrels a day. Okay, Exxon owns it. Quote. They do not own it any longer. Guess who owns it? I, you tell me. Well, drum roll, please. <laughs> Saudi Arabia. They own 100% of the refinery, sitting in Texas, doing 600,000 barrels a day. They have total control of it. And if I was uh, Mr. Biden, uh, well, first I'd keep my mouth shut, calling them names. I might want to take and uh, worry about what if the uh, Saudis decide to shut that refinery down? I mean, what if? Yeah, no, it, it's scary. And, and we're talking with Wink Hartman, by the way. Uh, you know, it's one of the things that frightens me is just the attitude that he has towards oil producers and the industry in general. I mean, he's invited these executives to the White House next week, all while he's considering a slew of new proposals, including a new, uh, reportedly, a new 21% tax on what the administration is deter defining as, quote, excessive profits. I mean, who determines what's excessive profits? Uh, a socialistic government. I mean, it's, who are they to say what's excessive, what isn't excessive? I mean, I get it that the oil industry and oil and gas industry is is reporting profits right now, but whose fault is that? Well, that's just it. See, you got to go back to day one. Joe Biden signed off on closing down the Keystone Pipeline. He also took leases from the Gulf Shores off of the books. Right, No, no yeah. longer. But yet, in the next breath, he'll sit there and go, oh, there's tens of thousands of permits they're not even using. Well, let's go back to your earlier statement. The reason they're not using them because there might be an a arrowhead, no disrespect to the Indians. Right. There might be an owl. There might be a special bird, worm, turtle. And God bless. I get it. But yet, you're going to have to throw some balls up in the air. You can't shut down all these leases for several different reasons, and then all of a sudden say, well, the big oil's not trying to help us. Yeah, because they got all these leases and they're not drilling. That is, well, that's just a bold-faced lie. Right, right. Do you think anything productive can come from this visit at the White House? I mean, or is it it's basically just going to be a bunch of, let's have some photo opportunities with the with the president, and, and in the end, they're not going to accomplish anything, will they? No, no, it's, it's, uh, it's optics only. Uh, you and I have been around politics for quite some time. We, we know the game well. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it is a game. 
they're inviting these people to the White House, which obviously you don't turn that one down. So you go and you smile and you shake hands. And then you all go out in the Rose Garden and look all cheery and take a picture. So it'll be on the evening news on all the channels that here's Joe Biden trying to save the world and the price of gasoline for all of us Americans. That's all it is. It's another sales pitch to blame somebody else because he didn't do it. So you made the prediction when you were on the show earlier this year. Going to ask you again, where do you think, I mean, do you see an end in sight? Where do you think it's going to be? Where do you think, obviously, we know where the price is going to go in California. Where do you think the price is going to go here in Kansas? Well, you've got, this is a much bigger ball game right now. You've got, uh, they just raised interest rates three quarters of a point. They'll probably do it again next month. So my personal opinion is, uh, and I'm obviously not an economist, but I'm going to say we're at the very beginning in, uh, in a recession. Uh, you got to have two quarters in a row. So I think we're going to find ourselves uh, and are, looking back, we'll look back and say we're in a recession. So slowly but surely, all the interest rates, credit card interest rates going up, national debt, uh, credit cards are $1.3 right now, highest they've ever been. So this will shrink itself due to other circumstances. But here's the key. He is on the edge of giving Iran the ability to sell oil to the world, Venezuela, oil to the world, and everybody's getting really, really weak feet on the Russian embargo of oil. You know, we're talking, you know, everybody's talking big talk, right? Well, let me tell you, he, Joe Biden is a politician who wants to get reelected, and he will do whatever it takes, however, he, he doesn't care. If he has to do business with dictators, he'll do it. He's going to find oil. Uh, I don't think it'll happen this year. I think it'll be probably, I think we're a year out uh, before you'll start to see noticeable relief. Oh, boy. Well, I know. But I, I, right now we're kind of uh, everybody standing around kind of watching what the players are doing. But I think here in another 45 days uh, you're going to start to see things start to move the direction of higher prices again. Oh, boy. There's something. There's good news. <laughs> Just well, in time. I, mean, I, wish, I wish not, but you know what I mean? Uh, he's dumping the SPR as fast as he can. There's another serious, serious problem for our national security, uh, which he doesn't seem to care about that either. Nobody's talking about that hardly at all. But let me tell you, it holds 700 million barrels of oil. We're down to about 500 million barrels and counting. That's the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Correct. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, uh, that wasn't to lower gasoline prices or to try and get reelected. That is for a national emergency. What do you, you think China's watching that SBR go down? I would think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, and it weakens us to sure. have that have that emptied. So. Oh yeah. But it's just everything the Democratic Party in Washington is putting their arm around. They are failing 100%. Not good news. Well, I, I love your uh, your Twitter feed. If folks are interested, it's at Wink Hartman KS. And we get your truth minutes here on KNSS. Make sure you keep those up. They're always fascinating. Wink, we appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, always nice having you uh, having you on the show occasionally. We'll have you on again. Again, thank you. Happy Father's Day. Uh, carry on the fight, brother. Well, uh, that's what it's all about. You know, somebody, somebody's got to save the world. Maybe you and I can do it. <laughs> you got a better <laughs> shot than I do, my friend. Thanks again, Wayne. Thank Appreciate you. you. If he's counting on me to uh, save the world, we, we, we better we better find somebody else to do the saving. That, that's all I got to say. <laughs> better find somebody else. <laughs> oh, we're in trouble. We're in trouble, folks. Stick around. Uh, we're going to take a few breaks. Pay a few bills, and then Jim Harden, CEO of Compass Care, is going to be with us. You've probably heard of Compass Care. That's the uh, the pro-life care facilities that have been bombed, including the one in Detroit that was firebombed recently. Unfortunately, nobody wants to do anything about it. 
But we'll talk with Jim Harden coming up after the break. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Odyssey is looking for an experienced digital and radio account executive to join our team. Odyssey seeks an experienced, self-motivated sales professional to develop and sell advertising and marketing campaigns to new and existing clients with an emphasis on new business development and digital sales. The account executive will use a wide variety of Odyssey's products in their portfolio to solicit businesses for advertising in their on-air, non-traditional, and digital platforms. If you are interested in a career in radio, submit your resume to odysseyinc.com careers. We are an equal opportunity and affirmative action employee. When it comes to your next quote-unquote new car, buying pre-owned is the new norm. And Midwest Kia is the perfect place to offer you the selection you need. We've got over 300 pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, and practically every make and model. You want a low-price, reliable economy car? Midwest Kia has it. You want a family sedan ready for your next trip? Midwest Kia has it. You want a luxury SUV loaded with options? Midwest Kia has it. You'll find your next vehicle at a price you want, and you'll always experience Midwest Kia's better way to buy. Want more? We'll also have extra appraisers available to get you the best deal for your trade-in. How about more? Many of our pre-owned vehicles are 2020s with less than 10,000 miles. So what are you waiting for? Midwest Kia is your one-stop shop. MidwestKia.com. We want to see you in a Midwest Kia. This is the Sean Hannity Show. I'm not going to recommend somebody vote for somebody that I don't know to be an America first, make America great again, conservative, and save America conservative because we have enough of those people in Washington. So, you know, people can take shots at me all they want. I know what I know, and I, uh, my vetting process is far more vigorous, I'm telling you, with either Trump or Oz or whoever I happen to support than, than you might imagine. Sean Hannity, afternoons at 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Glenn Beck. And the Supreme Court is made entirely for one reason. What is that reason? Why do we have a Supreme Court? It's not to make laws. In fact, its number one job, its main purpose, is to make sure that any laws that are enacted by the majority do not inflict damage on the minority. The Glenn Beck Program, mornings from 9 until 11 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Sean Hannity. Well, I started a new workout class, a martial arts class. We're training every day, like for an hour or two every morning. Now, I I mostly do jujitsu, kempo. It's under the banner of street martial arts. Sean Hannity, afternoons at 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com. 
You'll find a link to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and share The John Whitmer Show on Facebook and True Social. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get uh, all the latest updates on the show. And give me all the loving. Not a lot of loving going on in uh, some of these major cities across the country with regards to uh, abortion, or rather pro-life uh, clinics. Uh, acts of abortion terrorism against peaceful pro-life pregnancy centers are now a national trend. Attacks are being investigated by local and federal agencies in New York, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Oregon, Texas, and Virginia. According to a bulletin issued the day of the firebombing of Compass Care Pregnancy Services in Buffalo by the National Terrorism Advisory System, more attacks are expected. Compass Care is working closely with the FBI, local police, and other federal agencies to identify and arrest the pro-life, the pro-life, yeah, we don't do that. We don't do that. The pro-abortion uh, arsonists, but there is a growing fear that these kinds of attacks will only continue. Joining us now is Compass Care CEO Jim Harden. Jim, thank you for joining us this evening. I, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to speak with us this evening, and happy Father's Day. Jim, you, you told me during the, uh, during the break <laughs> You have 10 kids, so this is like a happy Father's 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 Day to you, brother. <laughs> to, the, to the power of 10. Yes. yes thank yeah. you very much. Woo. It's an honor to be with you here, John. I really do appreciate you having me on. So, uh, Jim, you know, I say that, you know, happy Father's Day. You, you, you've you dealt with this issue with at Compass Care directly. Uh, President Biden, you know, New York Governor Hochul, it seems like all Democrats, for that matter, remain eerily silent on these attacks on on pro-life pregnancy centers refusing to denounce these these acts of violence against these pregnancy centers have any of them reached out to you at all have they tried to you know reach out and 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 say gee we're sorry for these uh, these acts of violence have they made any attempts to to try and reach out to you at all no they have made no attempts to reach out to us at all uh, there have been no reports issued. There have been no arrests made. Uh, there has been no allocation that, that we're aware of of, of any uh, state or federal law enforcement agencies to protect pro-life pregnancy centers or the, or our people. My family's uh, had had to leave because of threats of intimidation. Had to relocate. Um, <clears throat> so it is reprehensible. And not only did they have they not have they refused to denounce the violence against pro-life pregnancy centers, and have refused to to allocate resources. To add insult to injury, New York State Governor Hochul signed a bill on Monday to investigate pregnancy centers instead of the arsonists. You can believe it. it sounds dystopian. It sounds surreal, but that's exactly what happened. Shame on her. What is keeping these politicians? I mean, from from denouncing these attacks of violence, it makes no sense to me. It, it's it's pretty cut and dry. You've got arsonists. You've got attacks. I mean, it. it I, I guess I don't understand why a politician wouldn't at least want to say, you know, look, this is an act of violence, regardless of who the the attack, the target is. I mean, are they that in bed with the abortion industry that they're afraid to piss them off? Is that it? It appears that they that these these pro-abortion politicians are just that tools of the abortion industry. And Jane's Revenge, the, the organization, that, the pro-abortion organiza- uh, terrorist organization that took responsibility for our, for our firebombing, uh, it seems to be a militant wing of the abortion industry. I mean, <clears throat> I think that the reason – I mean, what, what this represents, John, is the pro-abortion crystal knot. 
Kristallnacht, as you know, is a German word that means broken glass in, at night. And the reason why uh, I'm, I'm saying it's the pro-abortion Kristallnacht is because that was the watershed moment in Nazi Germany when the brown coats targeted <clears throat> Jewish business owners, broke their glass at night, and lit their businesses on fire. That was a tipping point into the larger uh, violence against the Jewish community. And there were two things that made that uh, happen. Number one, a lack of public outcry, and number two, a refusal on the part of the political elite to denounce the violence, and that's exactly what we have going on right here in America, and it needs to stop. This crime wave of terror all across this country is continuing and needs to stop. You know, just because – this is the role of government. The role of government is to protect all citizens, not just the ones who disagree who, – who, who agree with them. But yeah. especially perhaps the ones who, who disagree with them. Yeah, I mean, just last weekend, the Pregnancy Resources Center in Gershom, Oregon, was set on fire after, quote, an incendiary device was thrown through a window. That's, that's how the police describe it. Pro-abortion mm-hmm. activists firebombed this pregnancy center, which provided material help for children and mothers. You know, Jim, I got to be honest, if this had happened to an abortion clinic— you know how the left would have responded. You know how the media would have responded if a right-wing pro-life activist had attacked an abortion clinic. There would have been much wailing and gnashing of teeth. And yet we're not seeing any kind of response like that level would have been had this gone the other way. No, I, you know, I, I think you're right. I, I really do, just by, by virtue of how, how the left tends to respond to, to everything. Uh, they, there seems to be like they're, they're politicizing law enforcement, at least at the federal and state level. Uh, Jane's Revenge just took responsibility for our firebombing and increased the threats. And still, we have not seen any increase at all in any kind of uh, ability, uh, you know, law enforcement agency to protect us. I, I don't understand. So Jane's Revenge, can I read you what Jane's Revenge said yesterday? Yeah, no, please do. They said, you have seen us in Buffalo, New York, through attacking We Find Joy. And then they deepen their threats, saying, we promise to take increasingly drastic measures that may not come in the form of something so easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti, saying it's open season on pregnancy centers. And what, what that is, that is unconscionable. Where is the denunciation? What, what does it mean when they say it's not going to be as easily cleaned up as graffiti and fire? Uh, uh, that, that is not a veiled threat. No, it's that is a, a bald-faced threat. Right, yeah, it's an open threat. We're, uh, we're talking with Compass Care CEO Jim Harden. According to the Daily Beast, the story in uh, Gresham was, was defined by authorities as a suspicious fire at a pregnancy mm-hmm. resource center. They didn't even call it an arson. They called it a suspicious fire. What has been the response from, from DAs and, and the law enforcement community to these attacks, Jim? Are they even, I mean, are they identifying it as arson or are they calling them suspicious fires? I mean, heck, why don't, why don't they just call it, you know, an accident? <laughs> well, they can't. They can't call it an accident because we have, we have video surveillance trained on all points of penetration, and we know there are multiple perpetrators. We know there, there, we, we, there's a mountain of evidence, John, a mountain of evidence, and we're not quite sure why there haven't been arrests made yet. I, 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 the law enforcement agents – so 120 congressmen – you probably are aware of this – 120 congressmen got together and signed a letter and sent it off to the U.S. Department of Justice AG Wednesday night. Um, and uh, it was – they're basically demanding to, to, for him to investigate this James revenge and all this, this crime wave as, as domestic terror. It is domestic terror, and nothing's being done about it. You know, I mean, Attorney General Merrick Garland has pledged to protect abortion clinics. He did this last fall. 
has he done the same thing for pro-life centers or is i mean is it that blatant that he's picking obviously picking winners and losers in this case he he he, he has not done that for pro-life pregnancy centers uh we're we're being we're being targeted because of what we believe we're being targeted because we don't believe that abortion is health care we're being targeted uh plain and simple because we disagree with the stated ideology of the political elite that's it that's the only reason and i, I we've got a plan we have hacked the 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 abortion industry's new hub and spoke strategy they're afraid and they're, they're having trouble coping with what Roe versus Wade is doing to their industry. When Roe versus Wade is reversed, it won't, it won't cause abortion to be outlawed. It will simply cause abortion to move to abortion hub states like California and New York. Right. And so women are gonna have to travel to get their abortions. And so they're gonna have trouble keeping up. The pregnancy center industry, we're providing 650 pregnancy centers with the materials and the strategies uh, to, to reach and serve these women more effectively. And we can, we can reach 900,000, 900,000 women a year and that would destroy the abortion industry, and they know it. It definitely feels to me like back in the day when Merrick Garland was targeting parents because they wanted to protest you know, school boards that were trying to indoctrinate their kids. Um, I, I know, Jim, that a, uh, a petition has been generated enabling people to express their outrage and demand political leaders specifically denounce violence against pro-life pregnancy centers at prolifepregnancycenter.com or they can get more information at compasscare.info, correct? Correct. Yes. So if, if they want they more also, sorry, go ahead. If they want more information, they, they can go to both of those websites or they can go to erasingtheneed.com, which is part of our mission statement, erasingtheneed.com. Our mission statement is that we're a Christ-centered agency dedicated to empowering men and women to erase the need for abortion by transforming their fear into confidence. Erasingtheneed.com. Well, Jim, I, I appreciate the work that you're doing. Uh, you know, I, you guys are under threat, and it's important that we bring the attention of America to this story. And I appreciate you coming on the show tonight and carrying, you know, carrying on the fight and sharing your story with us. Uh, you know, my, my best, my thoughts and prayers with you, brother, and happy Father's Day again. Ten kids. Wow. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you too. Happy Father's Day to you too. Thanks, brother. All right, you too. God bless. I tell you, this, uh, this cold I'm fighting is not going to get the best of me, Tony. It's not. We're going to pay a few bills when we return. Ben Salceda from the Republican Hispanic National Assembly will join us to discuss the implications of Maya Flores' victory in Texas. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Weather brought to you by Rustiac Ford. Quiet but warm for this evening across the area. A partly cloudy sky, the low 72, and a south to southeast wind gusting up over 25. On Monday, sunshine, 96 in the afternoon. Breezy south wind up over 20 at 25 miles per hour. Hotter temperatures coming our way Tuesday. I'm KNSS meteorologist Rodney Price. Fox News, I'm Kathleen Maloney. Biden administration officials say a recession is not inevitable, even though rising inflation is sending prices on most goods and gas through the roof. President Biden threatening oil companies with, quote, emergency powers if they don't boost supply to lower those gas prices. Exxon fired back, saying the White House can help them by providing, quote, clear and consistent policy. Fox's Lucas Tomlinson. 
The International Swimming Federation will require transgender athletes to complete their transition by age 12 if they want to swim in women's races. FINA says this new gender inclusion policy will require trans swimmers to provide proof that their transition started before they went through puberty and also that they have continued to suppress testosterone levels in order to compete. Fox's Marianne Rafferty. America is listening to Fox News. This is the Sean Hannity Show. What is the general rule for an election? We have a chance to take back the House and the Senate this year to stop the worst presidency in the modern era. We cannot take for granted that we're going to hold that seat in Pennsylvania. You need the most conservative that can win, the most MAGA that can win. I believe strongly that's Dr. Oz. I don't tell people how to vote. That's going to be up to the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But I will tell you, there will be consequences. Sean Hannity, afternoons at 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Glenn Beck. The Biden administration is pushing for amendments to the World Health Organization pandemic declaration. It would essentially allow the director general of the WHO to declare a public health emergency in any country if the director general and the WHO say, you've got to shut your businesses down. Congress, the president, has nothing they can do. It's an international treaty. The the Glenn Beck Program, mornings from 9 until 11 on 98.7 and 13. 1330 KNSS. This is the Sean Hannity Show. No one should be held accountable for evil actions of, of individuals except for that depraved individual. You know, on this program, I've been saying this for years. Said the same thing about when the Unabomber, you know, when they found that he had Al Gore's Earth in the Balance book. I didn't blame Al Gore for the Unabomber, an environmentally conscious terrorist, as some described him. We condemn all violence. We deplore acts of hatred. Sean Hannity, afternoons at 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. The Glenn Beck Program. America, you're an idiot. Don't want to be an American idiot. Idiots welcome. Mornings from 9 until 11 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Live Sunday nights. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. You can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. And if you ever miss an episode, just visit knssradio.com. You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Facebook and Truth Social pages. And visit me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest episodes and latest information on the show. So to the extent that Democrats are still banking on Latino voters to carry them to Durable national majorities, the result in Tuesday's special election in Texas's 34th congressional district should be an alarm bell. Joe Biden carried the district by four points in 2020. The previous incumbent Democratic congressman won it by 13.6 points, but he resigned for a lobbying firm gig in March, triggering a special election to finish out his term. At this time, voters in the South Texas district 
opted for a Republican candidate by more than seven and a half points. Joining us now to discuss the implications of this win is Ben Sauceda from the Republican Hispanic National Assembly. Ben, thank you for joining us this evening. It's nice to have you back on the show again, my friend. Yeah, it's good to be back on. Thanks, John, for having me. So, Ben, Maya Flores is the first Republican to win in this region in more than 150 years and will be the first Mexican-born congresswoman in American history. Is that right? And she's a Republican. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. That's absolutely correct. And what makes this one even more, um, oh, symbolic, I guess, or meaningful to me is this is the home district that my dad is from. I did not know that. That's fantastic. I know your dad. He's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he's down from a little town called Mercedes down by Harlingen area. And so this area represents uh, where my dad's from. And so, yeah, we've been told growing up every time we visit down there, oh, this is so Democrat. This is so... (laughs) And the reality is that there's a shift, there's a cultural shift within uh, the Hispanic community. And it's very simple as to why. It's because conservative principles are winning principles for every single person, regardless of your race, regardless of your, regardless of your gender. Republican conservative uh, principles work, and they make people win. Well, and, you know, obviously she still has to win re-election again in November, but— you know, regardless of her ultimate fate this November, I think this victory portends a major shift in the American political landscape. You tell me if I'm wrong, but a, a whopping 85 percent of the residents of Texas, 34, are Hispanic, according to the 2020 census. Just 13 percent are white. So regardless of whether or not this was an anomaly, regardless of the fact that it was a special election, 85 percent of the residents came out to vote and voted for a Republican. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt that there is significance behind this. And you're absolutely right. The Republican and the RNCC, I hope they stay on board with this election because it's going to be important going into what we would consider a general election time frame when turnout's a lot higher. Uh, But again, it does shift and it does show that there is a a crack within what many consider that Democrat stronghold within the Hispanic community. Um, You know, you look back to President George W. Bush. He ran and won a high percentage of Hispanics. Why? Because the message went. And so when people hear, when people are educated, people vote for Republican candidates because of the principles of limited government, free markets, the ability to take uh, personal responsibility and succeed is a message that speaks to every single person. I'm glad you mentioned that, Ben, because, you know, it's not just, you know, speaking to them. It's not just the outreach to them. But I think the Hispanic community has traditionally held strong family values there. From my experience, they're traditionally been pro-life, traditionally favor legal immigration. They have strong work ethic. And if it's, you know, it's, it's no wonder they've grown tired of today's progressive Democrats because they don't have any of those values. They're radically pro-abortion. They're radically for, you know, open borders. They're certainly not pro-life. Um, and, and there's nothing pro-family about the Democrat Party these days. So it, it doesn't it, it's obvious that, in my opinion, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like the Democrat Party is almost taking them for granted now. Uh, the Democrat Party takes a lot of people for granted, a lot of social groups or economic groups or, or cultural groups for granted, because for so long the Democrats have capitalized on the effect of, of um, 
government assistance and government programs as a hook to try to bring people in. And when when people really understand, I don't need that to be able to succeed. And they sit there and they say, oh, now I'm making money and now I'm contributing to the economic system that we're living in. I'm employing people. The government handouts don't really help people up. They end up usually hurting people and pushing the majority down. We're, and so it, it changes that whole dynamic. We're talking with Ben Saceda from the Republican Hispanic National Assembly. So here's the key then, Ben, the way I see it. Are Republicans doing what's necessary to then reach out and take advantage of this, to, to capture these voters and, 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 and take advantage isn't the right way to phrase it, but to make sure that we're welcoming these folks who feel like they've been, you know, basically ignored and left behind? Oh, you know, there's there's still a lot of work that needs to be done within the Republican Party and its outreach to Hispanics, because we often like to think of the party as not seeing color or not seeing these things. But the reality is, is that, you know, sometimes we're the first to jump on those as well. So it's how do we address the issues and the situations that are facing uh, immigrants, both legal and the things that we still have to take into consideration as we're looking at this is what is the, what's the situation going on with illegal immigration and what are the status of those that are born here and how do we respond and tr- react? Because the one thing that, that happens is that we're not always great at showing compassion. And that's something that we can really stress and work on because, again, the message is what wins. But people said this way, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when you combine both of these things together, this will be the Republican Party can be the most powerful force within the Hispanic community in terms of helping get people where they need to be. No, I think you're right, because I think we do have shared ideals. I just think we need to make sure that we're communicating those and making sure that it's a welcoming environment. And when we do so, I think I really do think we can make inroads into this community. And for that matter, I think we can make inroads into the African-American community as well, because that's yet another minority community that, frankly, the Democrats have taken for granted and and if not, and really just taken advantage of for decades and only bother to pay lip service to until they need their votes. Oh, absolutely. And again, it, when we succeed, when we sub- celebrate all individuals and all cultures, because when we do that, we see and we understand the perspective of which somebody sees life through. And when we understand that those can be combined, and still implemented within a conservative worldview and within a conservative economic plan, it's so important. And we'll see ourselves finding more voters time and time again who are attracted to the message because it wins. Well, and you know, it's like they say, it's the, it's the old analogy that a rising tide lifts all boats, and it does, but we have to be willing to you know, raise the tide. We have to, we have to, and we also have to be in a position to do that. We have to we have to get out the vote. We have to educate people. We have to be open and willing to talk. So Yeah, you know. and we have to stop shooting our – that's the other thing. Sorry. Uh, we have to stop shooting ourselves in the foot, too. You know what? We have a great – you know, and I'm going to shift away from Myra Flores just a little bit to here in Kansas. We have a great uh, Republican governor candidate. Oh, you know, yeah. Attorney General Derek Schmidt. And we have a great lieutenant governor candidate. And now we have people trying to sit there and say, well, they don't match up and they don't – meet my most ultimate view of what conservative is. And so they're going to say, I'm going to go ahead and run in this race. That just does damage to our ability to elect uh, good people to that position. You're talking about Dennis Pyle, aren't you? 
Well, to the senator not to be named from Hiawatha. Yeah, I, and to it, his, I, I've talked to him. To, I, I'm trying uh, to talk. It's, well, yeah, I'm with you. Him, you have him and you have the Clearwater Board of Education members who are sitting there trying to suck all the energy out for publicity and for notoriety. And we got to stop this because yep. that's what's going to end up shooting uh, during our downfall is the fact that we can't consolidate. Because here's the thing. Tell me the last time you saw Democrats really splinter off when it comes down to the vote they need. Not at this point. Not once we're like ready for the general, because right now we are. We're ready for the general. Yeah. The primary is worthless at this point. And we have no primary. It's it, We're at the general, essentially, at least at that race we are. When it comes to the governor's race, we're at the general. And for them to do this, any vote, because Dennis Pyle's not an independent. He's a Republican. He's a conservative. So any vote that's going to pile is a Republican vote. No Kelly voter is going to vote for him. So any vote yeah. that would have gone to pile is a, is a Schmidt vote, which means yep. that's a that's a that's basically voting for Laura Kelly. And exactly. it is what it is. Uh, I've Dennis and I have talked. Uh, there's an open invitation to have Dennis on the show at some point. I don't know if he'll take me up on it because he knows. Uh, and this is a welcoming platform, but it will also be a uh, I, I will I will be gentle, I will be friendly, it will be welcoming, but he will have to answer questions like, why are you running, and how is, your, how is this not a spoiler campaign? Oh, exactly. It's pub, it's, it's, I, I'm afraid it's publicity, and I believe, I'm afraid it's for power. Yep. Well, and, it, and we got to stop that as Republicans. I'm glad you brought it up, brother. If folks are interested, if they want more information, and particularly about your organization, they can find it at rnha.org, correct? Yes, that's the federal one or the national group. I'm the chair of the Kansas uh, organization and the federal county group here. And so, yeah, feel free to reach out to us. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're active. We're looking forward here to hopefully having another meeting here soon with actually either uh, our soon-to-be governor or our soon-to-be lieutenant governor here soon. I think, well, and you know what? They are going to be both, and they're going to be a vast improvement over who we have in there now. So, I, Yes, and I, let's get down to Texas and keep winning that. Season. Yes, amen, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you again for coming on, Ben. Carry on the fight, my friend. Hey, thanks a lot. You have a good day. We'll take a quick break, and then I want to hear from you. Our phones are open, 316-869-1330. Give us a call. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this. You need new flooring, but you don't know where to start. Mill Creek Carpet and Tile, of course. Stop in and visit our one-stop shop, a newly renovated showroom with an expanded selection of Mill Creek Carpet's signature value brand of carpet, ceramic tile, wood, and luxury vinyl plank. We will help you select the perfect flooring for your home, and we can also install it for you online at millcreekcarpet.com. Mill Creek Carpet and Tile is your one-stop shop. Come in and get floored. Dugan exit off of Kellogg, Wichita's best kept secret. Glenn Beck. One of the most prominent spreaders of replacement theory panic. His name is Theodore G. Bilbo. He was a political icon. He was paranoid because the growing population of black Americans posed a serious threat to the white civilization. I forgot to tell you that Theodore Bilbo was a Democrat. And I can't blame you for not knowing it because progressives have this history of tearing down statues of people they want to erase. The Glenn Beck Program, mornings from 9 until 11 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. This is the Sean Hannity Show. Kamala Harris is going to tell Coast Guard graduates the rule of law is under attack. Actually, a true statement. 
It's under attack because we have a two-tier justice system. You know, in the Sussman trial, they have an AOC supporter and two Hillary Clinton supporters on the jury. It's it's done. There's no way Durham is going to get a guilty verdict, no matter what is presented there. It's unbelievable to me. Sean Hannity, afternoons at 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. This is the Sean Hannity Show. These radical policies, this radical agenda, this climate alarmist religious cult. And when I mean cult, it is a cult rather than solve the problem, which is to produce more energy of which we have an abundance of. They steadfastly refuse. They don't care. Their their ideology trumps your suffering. Sean Hannity, afternoons at 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Glenn Beck. All of these policies that you and I both know will end up in starvation and, and everything else because they've been done before by people like Mao. When you're looking at those, it's not enough to say that they're incompetent or they just want to destroy the West. I think there is a added benefit, and maybe even with some, it works out to the advantage that people die along the way. The Glenn Beck Program, mornings from 9 until 11 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Well, I started a new workout class, a martial arts class. Sean Hannity. No, I, I mostly do jujitsu, kempo. It's under the banner of street martial arts. Afternoons at 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. Want to remind you to stay informed with up-to-the-minute news while working from home, tooling around the garage, or homeschooling the kids. Just download the Odyssey app or tell Alexa or Google Home to play KNSS Radio. And, of course, make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Facebook and Truth Social pages. And follow me on Twitter, at John R. Whitmer, to get all the latest updates on the show. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting story, Tony. I, you know, I... I I think it's amazing. She 150 years, the the Democrats have held that congressional. Seat. Oh yes, that down in Texas. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's really good. It, it's good news for Republicans. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, so I'm going to bring up this here. This happened over the weekend. I saw oh, it, and I thought when I saw it, I thought this is the fake video. Oh, I know but what then, you're talking about. You know, then I really looked at it and like, and we got more sources involved and. Uh, well, President Biden, he fell when he tried <laughs> to get off his bike at the end of a ride Saturday in uh, his near his home beach in Delaware. He's been in Delaware for some time now. And uh, he wasn't hurt in the tumble. He fell and he fell all the way to the ground. It was concrete. Uh, he says, he's I'm good and got right up. And uh, but apparently his foot caught in like the toe cages of the bike and he wasn't able to get one of the feet out to, to hold himself up. I'm surprised those Secret Service weren't there. I mean, they were there, but, you know, that they didn't catch him. I'm, I'm surprised that they're letting the 
and that's 90 the other something thing. year old geriatric why, ride a bike. Why is I mean, he riding the bike? That's why he I can barely it was walk fake. up the steps at Air Force yeah. One. Why are they letting him out ride? Uh, and a that's bike? why I thought it was fake. Uh, was that no, he's not riding the bike, but he and I guess his uh, his wife, First Lady Jill Biden, they were they're doing a morning ride. And the president decided to pedal over to a crowd of well-wishers standing on the bike trail. <laughs> and fell. And he and fell. fell. And I, uh, he's okay, but it's like, why is this? Why? Why? Well, but, I mean, I don't, you know. So, I don't know. My, okay, my, my initial thoughts are, I'm glad he's okay. Yes. Let's start with that. I'm exactly. glad he's okay. One of the reasons I'm glad he's okay is because I don't want Kamala Harris to be president. Because well, <laughs> as bad as Joe Biden is, she'd be worse. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at his age... A, a fall like that on concrete, he's lucky he didn't bust a hip. I would hurt my... Exactly. And, and I'm just surprised that they're letting him ride a bike. I mean, he he can't... Have you seen him walk from Air Force yes. One? That's why... To, I, yes. you know, or from the from Marine One to the White House? He can't... He can yes. barely walk. Yeah. I, I'm just surprised that they let him ride a bike. I, you they know. need to get a two-seater bike. You know, those two-seaters with the Secret Service on one... <laughs> One they seat and him on the wheels. back. They need him a little training wheels, a yeah. little, you know, little safety hat. I don't know. <laughs> Stay around next week. Make sure you don't want to miss it. We've got Paul Manafort. Heck of a show. It's going to be a great show. Ron Paul will be with us. In the meantime, carry on, fellow deplorables. When it comes to your next quote-unquote new car, buying pre-owned is the new norm. And Midwest Kia is the perfect place to offer you the selection you need. We've got over 300 pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, and practically every make and model. You want a low-price, reliable economy car? Midwest Kia has it. You want a family sedan ready for your next trip? Midwest Kia has it. You want a luxury SUV loaded with options? Midwest Kia has it. You'll find your next vehicle at a price you want, and you'll always experience Midwest Kia's better way to buy. Want more? We'll also have extra appraisers available to get you the best deal for your trade-in. How about more? Many of our pre-owned vehicles are 2020s with less than 10,000 miles. So what are you waiting for? Midwest Kia is your one-stop shop. MidwestKia.com We want to see you in a Midwest Kia. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 